Hey y'all, I am so amazed by God yet again. Every time a new podcast is expected to air, I never know specifically who it's going to be under what umbrella of timing, under what situation in the community or in the world is going to be happening, and yet God knows. And so today I am just pleased and just grateful to introduce you to a fellow sister. Her name is Kristen Klaus. And she co-authored the She Writes for Him Stories of Resilient Faith book with me under the same topic of shame. She is a counselor and a ministry leader, and her entire mission is to teach and share and shed light on the ability of loving and our capability through God of being restored by love. And so what a beautiful message. What a beautiful person to put you guys in touch with during this sad, confusing, overwhelming time that her heart is to mend the broken and to heal the wounded. Her very mission is exactly timed by the Lord in this exact conversation. So I hope that you tune in. I hope that you know that you can utilize her and myself as a resource and ultimately know that all of these things, every area that you're bringing to the table, to your walk perhaps, to your kitchen table, to your shower, to whatever it is that you're doing, wherever it is that you're listening, that all of the same matters lie with the ultimate answer of love. And he is good. So enjoy Kristen and surely check out the show notes for all the ways to get in touch with her and know that she and I are both praying for you. Bye y'all. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast. Though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist, this isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering, if you're wondering, what is this? Well, this is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment. And to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit.
All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited to be on live today with Kristen, and she is coming to us with all the repertoire of beautiful things. She's a published author of multiple books, which we'll dive into later. She is a pastor and a counselor. She is a woman of faith, which is always my favorite thing to share. Um, she believes in just discipling women and walking with them through the healing and restoration seasons that we all go through. Um, and I had the pleasure and honor of being alongside her in the recent release of the She writes for him stories of resilient faith book um, which I'm going to show you guys up on the screen here in case you haven't seen it um, but Kristen thank you so much for being here I'm excited to just unpack your story and uh, kind of encourage women and the listeners that have been alongside the fit and faith podcast for over gosh we're in season season two halfway through season two so a while now well thank you for having me it is a complete honor just to be here with you, Tamara, and with your um, followers. So thank you for having me with you. My pleasure. I would love for you to kind of just, let's dive in deep first, since I kind of intro the book a bit. Um, tell about um, kind of your storyline, and then we can kind of go into the parallel and some of the things that you experienced um, that I know I, I have too. Um, great. So in the book, um, I'm talking about shame, and that really comes from um, my experience. I um, wasn't raised in a Christian home. I was raised by a single parent. And looking back, I can see all the things that really set me up for some of the things that happened in my life. Um, as a ch child, I was sexually abused by some older kids in the neighborhood. And then when I was 14, um, I was held against my will and raped. Um, the next morning, I was able to um, get free from that situation. But that opened up in my heart and in my life shame um, to such a degree that it took years for me to get out of that. It, um, I, I compare it to a vine, and vines wrap themselves up around trees, and they um, take the life out of it. They choke the life out of it. And that's what shame did to me. And um, so my story is about God healing me from shame, healing me from um, the abuse and the things that happened to me and helping me to find my voice again and to find life once again and to be healed and restored. And when God does that in you, you just want to see that done in everybody else. That's and so that's true. I that's... just want to see other women find that healing and restoration. And I always say, if God can do it in me, he can do it in you because we're no different. Yeah. We're all equal to God. That's so, so good. That's, yeah. that's so good. So I share like some of the, the beginning storylines of what you walked through. And I'm curious from that, that moment of shame, did you at the age, because you were so young, did you like comprehend that it was shame? Like, did you have language to it? Were you able to voice it? Did you share with someone almost like immediately after that it had happened? How did you walk out that part of the journey? Oh, that is a whole big story within itself. So I, um, after the rape, I knew I needed to tell my mom. So I did tell my mom and, um, but before, because my mom was at work, um, I remember being in the shower and just crying and feeling dirty and getting out of the shower and still feeling dirty and still feeling, um, you know, I'm unclean, I'm broken. 
Um, I'm not good enough. And that stayed with me for years. And we did contact the police. We did report it. And that in itself became a whole big thing. Um, it, it really was ugly. And half of our, our town, my name was released. And half of my town believed me, half didn't. And there's so many details behind that. But somewhere God, and I didn't even know God, but I know it was God that gave me this courage and boldness just to say enough is enough and I'm going to stand up for myself, which I did for the court. But the other stuff, I didn't go to counseling. I didn't get help. And that's where the shame took root within me. Um, I can remember one particular time I was with a friend and we were walking down the street and we were walking from our high school to a place where she needed to babysit and her car was broken. So that's why we were walking. We're about 15, 16 years old. And there was a remote area that we were walking through and there was a creek right next to us and a, um, on the other side of the hill was a, uh, uh, of the road was a cliff. And so it was very remote and we could see this man walking towards us. And as he's walking towards us, we stopped for a second because he was a very large man and, um, uh, scary looking to us as young teenage girls. And, so she said, should we turn back? And I said, I'll walk on the same side that he walks because I'm broken. I'm dirty. You're innocent. You've never had anything happen to you. Yeah. And so we did. We, I, we switched places. I walked alongside him. He did actually um, grab me. Um, and then we broke away and ran. Um, he, he grabbed me inappropriately and, um, and then we just ran and were able to get away. But in that, I felt that I was broken and dirty. So I don't want you to experience what I've experienced. You're innocent. You're pure. You're good. I'm broken. Wow. And that just stayed with me for yeah. years, which led me into drugs and alcohol in a pretty heavy way. Yeah. So I read a bit more about your story and that redemption factor. And that's always like the fun part to get into because it hurts. And it's, it's hard to like, even as you, even when you're healed and you start talking about things like this. And, and even as I was writing, knowing that I had already walked through the healing, there's still trigger points, right? And there's still like moments of, of hurt and brokenness and knowing that that's why we're always connected in a different way to the vine in the sense of knowing he's our restorer. And so um, in that redemption story, it said something about you having like a really intense encounter with the Lord. I'd love to hear about what that was like. Well, that I, I was absolutely broken. Um, my, in fact, the friend that I was talking about that was walking down the road with, she had become a Christian and her and I, I was 21 years old and I really didn't have a lot of contact with her by then. And, but I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. I was suicidal. I was depressed. Um, I was addicted to drugs. I was broken. Um, my husband and I, at the time we were boyfriend and girlfriend, we were broken up. I, I was just an absolute mess and filled with such despair. And so I called her and I knew if I called her what it meant. 
And I was so desperate that I called because I needed help. So I contacted her and she invited me to church the next day. And I went to church. I got saved in the church. It was a, a house church. Um, I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. It was surfers. So our pastor awesome. and the <laughs> were all surfers. And so cool. our service depended on the waves. And <laughs> I got saved and, and just um, immediately um, God began to transform me. Now, the, the full healing didn't take place then, but he came to me in such a real way that I knew he loved me, that he knew me. And I would pray prayers and God would answer them and all the time. And so years later, in fact, that pastor became an instructor at Northwest University in Washington. And years later, I connected back with him. And he said, you were one of the ones that God was all over you. And I don't even think you realized how much he was all over you. But he knew how desperate I was because I was still addicted to drugs and getting out of that. And and God helped me um, step by step. He took my hand. And and later he began to walk me through the the memories, the hurt, um, everything and to where um, I can talk about it. And it's not that far distant disconnect, um, disassociating, but it's out of healed. It's out of being a restored vessel and a restored woman. And that is the power of what God does in our lives. It's so true. And it's so neat. Like even thinking back to the story of you walking on the road with your friend who then became a huge part of your healing journey. Like she was like, okay, now I'm getting on the outside. Now you go here and I'm going to protect you. And so to have that flip of script, I think is so valuable for us to understand that like he's that good and he perfectly places us in those positions alongside people that you never thought would be a part of that healing journey or a part of your journey really ever again. Um, So I love that, that visual for me as you were talking, that's what I saw her now having you under her wing. Um, So what a beautiful friendship. I'm sure that that's such a testimony to where you guys have evolved and just to see each other in your highs and your lows. Um, Though at the same time, sometimes that can be hard for people who have walked both sides of the journey with you. And they're like, hold on, I knew you before. So I don't know that you're that good. It's almost like a questioning factor. Did she ever have that like questioning factor when God was all over you? Or was she just like to the moon? Um, I I think she did struggle with it, um, to some, to a small extent. Um, and actually we moved away from that area. We stayed in contact for a few years. We just talked to each other every once in a while. It's not like it was then, um, just in different places in our life. And, um, we've moved out of California kind of all over. So yeah, Yeah, but that's kind of, that's the whole point, right? Like I, I definitely know people in my journey, like a best friend of mine from years past, she was the one who connected me and my husband and we're not in community now, but that was purpose for that season of my life. And so I think it's important for people, especially women, um, because we get so attached to people that it's really necessary for us to stay attached to God himself 
and to know that our friends, while they're earthly, you know, sisters or brothers or whomever it be, that they're not forever, that they're not eternal, that God is the only eternal and the only consistent. And so whether your relationship ends just because of distance or it ends for another reason, just like you can think of like a marriage that's gone bad, but now you have two beautiful babies that are from it, right? There is purpose in that. There is an outcome. There's still beauty wrapped around that relationship, no matter what it looked like from the outside or what it felt like from the inside. So I love that. So tell me, so now you're, you're on your healing journey. Um, how long into that healing journey did you decide God, you're, God's calling you further? Like, how did he pull you into becoming a pastor? Well, that in itself is a whole nother story. I, Good, I love all the stories. I want them all. <laughs> I'm actually 53 years old. And when I was in my mid-20s, I got saved when I was 21. We moved out of California or out of Santa Cruz to a different part of California when um, I was 22, 23 and had a baby. Um, we were married, young married couple. And probably about 25, I started feeling that God was calling me to be a pastor. But in that era, there weren't a lot of women pastors. In fact, my mentor was a woman pastor. But even in that setting, it was very rare. She was one of the few in the area. And so I really felt discouraged um, in that sense that, well, I'm a, I'm a woman. And so I really didn't pursue it. I pursued leadership within the church. And we had a school of fine arts. By, I always say the first half of my life, I did theater and dance. And we um, plowed um, the arts into the church when cool. that wasn't as acceptable. That's really cool. And, um, so we really were, you know, forerunners in that. And then, but my heart was stirring. Uh, God was stirring me that, you know, don't be complacent here, Kristen. I have more for you. And so then I went to school and got my master's in counseling psychology. And even then, it still was always in the back of my mind. And always, you know, the Holy Spirit would speak to me every once in a while. Don't forget, I've called you to pastor. And I finally um, had a group of women in leadership that saw in me and encouraged me and said, Kristen, I had been speaking at retreats. And they said to me, why aren't you a pastor? And I said, well, because there's really no place for women. They said, no, times have changed. There are places for women. And the denomination I'm a part of, they really have um, plowed the ground. Took my classes, did that, and just love what God is doing. In fact, us moving here to Kentucky, we moved two months ago in the middle of the pandemic ah, from Washington. That's a story in itself too. <laughs> I know my life is filled with stories. <laughs> and, and in that move, just feel and sense that, that God is doing something, that he's strategically placing us in a place for this next season. And we already felt that, already believed that God was doing that, not knowing a pandemic was going to hit and was going to happen. And so he has really stirred my heart about that in, in our community where we're at. But also for the last three years, I have, um, a ministry called the Restore Movement that is for women, where I'm the lead pastor for that. And it's a, a online 
activities that we do. Cool. We have free Bible studies. We have once a year conferences. Cool. And this year we're having to go online just yes, like everybody else. Of course, else. pivoting so, your business. I love it. <laughs> So, you know, one of the words, um, we had our leaders retreat and one of the words that we felt God was saying is he's going to extend our tent stakes. And that was, Ooh, that's good. In March having no idea that what was wow. going to happen. And so it's like, okay, you're extending tent stakes. And, and I think leaders, pastors everywhere are feeling this. God, you're doing something different. You're extending our tent stakes and it's not always comfortable. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think any sort of change, especially when you're doing it for so many years, you're like, this is normal. This is what it's supposed to be like. I'm doing it right. And that new person comes in the door and you're like, yeah, that's what it was for. And then he's like, hold on, I'm going to flip the entire script. You're going to have to start all over, basically. It feels that way anyway. And still keep going. And now instead of one person coming in, it's going to be by the tens, by the hundreds, by the thousands. And so I'm just seeing that as a prophetic revival for the world, for all of our leaders, for all of our ministry, you know, all of our different types of ministries. I love that you um, were a part of the theater and art piece. Um, I had recently gone to um, Elevation after one of the She Speaks conferences, and they did this whole like opening act, basically. And it was, um, it, um, what's it called? Not improv, um, like theatrical dance. What is that called? Oh, I can't think of what it's oh, called. Oh, well, there's interpretive dance. Yeah, that, that's it. Interpretive. That's what it is. Sure yeah, interpretive okay. dance. And so like watching that, like I was a dancer when I was growing up, but I always oh. attached, yeah, I always attached dance to shame. Um, as I was growing. And so, um, because I was using my body in a way that like in a secular mindset and what I was being taught how to use my body and what I was visually seeing on MTV music videos and what the guys were anticipating. And so, um, I've had this interesting relationship with dance as I've come into my faith and become a pastor and even became a mom is okay. I, I can't move like that anymore. I'm not, that's like, I, I'm not a dancer. I no longer dance. And so even listening to like country music where it's just like, it's pseudo innocent. There's definitely some components where I don't necessarily want to go there, but I would feel myself and I'd be like, Oh, let me limit myself here. And so seeing that on stage and watching these people move and like knowing it's for the glory of God gave me this entire new expression of love and the expression of worship to the point where I've gone, I'll be going on runs or something um, at the beach and I just feel compelled to just dance and I'll just break into dance and I feel God speaking to me so much and I can sense him in that, those times. One time specifically, a huge humpback whale breached at the oceanfront. And I've never seen that. And I've lived at the beach my whole life. And so I started crying and I was like jumping up and down. I'm like, this is amazing. So I just think it's so good. Like God sees his daughters and he puts passions and, and things inside of our hearts and gifts and talents with purpose for him. As long as we can... Yeah flip that script and, and let it be on the sense of it's for him. It's for his glory. It's for his worship. And so, um, I just love that you brought that in. I wanted to mention that. And God restores all things because dance and art was created to reveal Christ. Um, well, it was to reveal, it was to re reveal God, to um, minister to God and for God to speak to us. Those are the three wow. things that the art 
created for. And so when I first became a Christian, I too felt dirty. I felt like I'm dirty. I have this desire to dance. It's wrong. And I went to a retreat. I saw these women dancing and I was just crying and crying and saying, wait, I thought it was dirty. And God started showing me how it was meant to be. And so that's what God was showing you. This is how the arts are meant to be. They're meant to reveal Christ. They're meant to worship Christ. And they're meant for God to to speak to his people. And so so that is just beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. so cool. I miss miss that life, um, but I see God using my creativity in other ways. Absolutely. And I I always tell people that, like, as I'm coaching them through um, kind of the unveiling process of their passions that really, I believe, lead into our purpose, all of those things are meant to be interconnected. And God is so good that he can use them because he's masterful in his ways. But we have this natural tendency as little people. I have my little kiddos who are five and six right now, and they're constantly wanting to create. They want to build towers. They want to build forts. They want to, you know, draw. They want to paint. They want to build little huts outside for the bunnies that are currently nestled in the back of our shed. And I love that because I don't think of like that anymore because I've been taught to think otherwise, to, to think of it as, oh, that's beautiful, cool, and move on, where in fact I should be constantly creating because a creator created us. So it's our natural tendency to want to design. So building that into our everyday passions, it's an outlet of stress. It's uh, a maneuver of, of beauty that other people see. It's why Etsy and Pinterest and all of these things are doing so wonderfully and because they're handmade. It's, it's amazing. And I see that God gives people creativity in different ways. And so for a season, my creativity was in dance. I don't know if God will ever use that. I I will break out in worship dance when I have my music on and I'm home alone now. But he also uses that. There's there's that thread throughout my life of creativity. And sometimes it comes out in dance. Sometimes it comes out in writing. Sometimes it comes out in taking photographs. It comes out in different ways, gardening. And so just being open to that was a season. Now, how are you going to use my creativity? That's so good. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Um, I want to know more about the writing because we share that desire and that passion. So I'm going to show everybody your other book, um, Healing for Our Soul's Gardens. And I want to hear a bit about what that looks like. I'm sure it overlaps into a bit of the conversation for She Writes and also your ministry. But tell a bit about how that unfolded. And it was your first book, right? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, I was, in a, I was a contributing writer to another book. Um, that was a devotions that was part of our women's network um, at the Assembly of God in in Washington. And so I wrote a devotion and that devotion, all those devotions got turned into a book. But that was my first book uh, that I consider really my first book. And, And in that writing, I felt God stirring me that, Kristen, I have healed you. I have taken you through some things. And what I was finding, what was out there in the world of books, there was either somebody's personal experience of what happened to them, or there was um, very intense therapeutic books that often I felt like were talking over people's heads. And I wanted to bring that combination because as I was reading books, as you know, being somebody who was a therapist and counseling people, I, I was 
thinking through the mind of my clients. Would they really read the book? Would they stop after the second chapter? Would they continue on? Is the language too hard for them to understand? Um, not saying it's just because sometimes we get too technical and too wordy in our words that have to do with our field of experience or expertise. And so I wanted to bring that combination of my life experience of a sexual abuse survivor, of the journey that God took me on and as a counselor. So I brought those together and into this book. And again, here comes the creativity. God gave me this vision through um, a garden and began to write and outline it in, into a way to where an allegorical way to speak to people that this is what this is like. So shame is a vine. It wraps itself around us. That's part from the book. Uh, we have some anger. We have um, our damaged emotions, just like a, um, a garden. And I create it in the image of a garden. You have beautiful gardens. I love to garden. If you know, <laughs> I love it. About it. <laughs> obviously, I love it though. It's a beautiful analogy. Yes, and um, in this garden, you can imagine, you know, walk um, brick pathways, and there's flowers of all sizes. You have those little small, dainty ones leaning over, and then the tall ones. You have arbors and brick walls, and all the beautiful things that are in the garden. And one day, a vandal comes in and destroys that garden. And everything that was of value was destroyed or stolen, and the boundaries are taken down. They're, they're sledged down. There's like, you know, brick pieces everywhere, and it's destroyed. And when you look at that garden, you think there's no way that it could be restored. And that's our soul. That's us. That's us when abuse comes and happens in our life. That's when we experience traumatic life events that are so overwhelming and we, we think, can I ever trust again? Can I ever um, um, grow in my life again? Why even try? And then anger comes in and hurt and fear and anxiety and all these things come into our life because that garden was destroyed. And our soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions, they interfere um, when they're damaged, it interferes in our growth with God. So in order for us to grow closer to Jesus, we need to have our souls healed. And so that's the whole point behind the book is let's get to the nitty gritty. Let me walk you through how your soul can find healing. Let's figure out those faulty ways that you're thinking about yourself, that I'm damaged, I'm broken, I'm no good. And let's heal that. Let's dig deeper. And I use an analogy. It's not in the book, but it's an analogy I use a lot of we're either going to go snorkeling or we're going to go scuba diving. And snorkeling, you are on That's the surface. You focus on people, circumstances, and situations. And it's very limited, our view. And so we often have victim thinking if we're viewing life as a snorkeler. But a scuba diver goes deep. And a scuba diver can go to those deep hidden places. And that's where Jesus wants to take us, to those deep hidden places so that we can find that healing and restoration in our lives. And that no longer may we be controlled by our wrong thinking, no longer be controlled by fear and anxiety, and no longer be controlled, well, control situations, be controlling person. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
that is a very common for individuals that have been abused and no longer be controlled by our emotions, that our emotions not drive our bus, that we respond as Christ respond in situations and not be our actor. So all of that comes into that we need our soul. And that's what the book is really about, is taking women through. There's activities throughout it where they're learning to walk through and, and put that to life within themselves. Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business? Maybe you've titled this God Dream a Ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home your first ministry? Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream from ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes he has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur, why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, they aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days, and I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where he has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision he has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. Wow, I think that's so powerful. And I was talking on a couple of the other podcasts of some other authors too that were a part of it. And um, we had a similar like desire to like need something because of the control factor, right? To, to, to work through a workbook and I can say check and I can, okay, I'm on to the next step. And God doesn't often work like that as I'm, I'm learning day by day. Um, but I do think that there is such a value add to having a resource like that because there, you're so right about the things that are out there are so limited and 
again, it's, it's our own imprint, right? And so like, we know that providing this resource is even for the, just the one person, it's going to be the right thing for that one person. So I love that you just did it that way and explained it that way. It's funny. I often use gardening um, as a, well, I think a lot of Christians do. One, it's biblical. And you can find so many verses that, you know, relate and storylines around it. The whole story started in the garden, right? Um, the whole Bible. And so, like, knowing that there's this constant thread, um, I, when I started, like, uh, really leaning into my faith, uh, was the similar time frame when, like, the world, quote unquote, was starting to, like, declare words over their year versus New Year's resolutions. They're like, we have declarations for words. And and so um, I wanted to be a little different. And so instead of doing it by the annual calendar, I did it by my birth year. And so when it was my birthday, I would declare a new word over my life. And um, I was a baby Christian at this point, And I decided my word was going to be fruitful. Doesn't everybody want fruit like first, right? And so whole year I had my word and tint bracelet on and fruitful was there. And God showed up in a really funny way. And instead of giving me like the beautiful apple or the low hanging grapes, I got things like the pomegranate where like you just can't get into a pomegranate. You don't even understand really what the outside texture is, why it's even there, what's the purpose. And there's only a little bit of goodness inside once you actually do open it up. So I had a, a lot of laughs with God that year that the following year when it came to my birthday and me discovering like, okay, God, like really unpacking with him. What does this look like? What? And a lot of times I'm, I interweave that word into like my ministry. Because it, I'm simmering on it so much that it just, you know, naturally comes out of you. So the following year, my word, I went from the fruit of the vine way back to the scuba diver. And I decided my word was rooted. <laughs> and so this year, it's been all about the roots because... I had gone through a process of, of uprooting all of those things that you were talking about for the three years prior to me choosing the word fruitful. So I did the work. I wasn't just like, here's the fruit, let's go. I, I felt like I had really done the work. And I realized as I was really focused in on the fruit that I still needed to go back and it wasn't necessarily about uprooting. Now it was about planting and being rooted in him and having that strong foundation as the source of him being the source of my water, the source of the fruit that will eventually come. And so I just, I love those visuals. I'm such a visual learner and um, I think it'll paint a beautiful picture for not just women, but also men. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you reminded me of in Jeremiah, it talks about, um, I was looking and I did not have my Bible sitting here. And um, Jeremiah talks about when he was called as a as a prophet that he was to dig out, to uproot, and then to replant. And what a beautiful picture of what God does in us, where He's saying, "Okay, I want to uproot." And it's interesting. Last year, my word was deep, and not knowing what this next season was going to be. In fact, that's going to be my next book is something around the word deep because he downloaded so much into me during that season. But everybody is in a place. Well, not everyone, because some people are working really hard. Some people are overextended in the season. But there's a large portion of our society that the noise has quieted down. And they're not busy with life and everything that they're doing. And they're sitting at home right now. And God is saying, I want to go deeper. I want to take you deeper. I want to get past all of the noise. And I want to show you some new things. And those aren't always easy. 
like the pomegranate. You <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not easy. The pomegranate, what I was thinking as you shared that, the pomegranate stains and it leaves a mark. Mm, yeah. And God left a mark on you That's in that good. fruit. Ooh, look the at this. And blood it's the blood of Jesus and so that you know he's he's changing us he's doing a work and and deep cleaning nobody really likes to do deep cleaning. <laughs> so true. I, really I mean do you really Were you no a little scrub brush like the toothbrush to get the nicks and crannies but God's got to do that in our hearts and in our lives and it's about us being um more, less of him and more of him, less of us, excuse me, more of him. That's what he's trying to do. And out of everything that's taking place, I have such anticipation of what God is doing in his people and in our neighbors and in our communities, that there are people that are hungry to be healed, to be healed, and to become women of faith, of resilient faith, to yeah. become men of resilient faith. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I see like the emergence of just so much different. And I know that that different is Jesus. And it's just yeah. a matter of us like keeping our eyes peeled for like what he's going to be doing through those people and through the changes. And I think it's such a value add. There's been so much like negativity around social media for years um, and even today. And it's amazing that he could actually use that tool and it was intended and so intentional that during a time of isolation, he can still be seen and that the word and he is the word can still spread to the nations that people have access to sitting at home all day, every day and just regurgitating these these um, services, these worship sessions, these, you know, the just constant inundation of Jesus. If, and so yeah. if they're looking for it, if you're looking for it, know that there's access to him at any given point, at any given moment. And resources like the book that she's written, the book that we've written, you know, pastoral places online. I want to show as I'm saying that you guys can see right here, her website restored by love, a place of healing for broken and wounded souls. I love that you shared again, that that's, you know, our mind, our will and our emotions. And people don't always understand what that means. Um, but to unpack each of those places is such a powerful process for you to emerge into your purpose. Um, but there's a lot that has to happen in that nitty gritty scrubbing brush. I've been avoiding actually doing my own current bathroom for so long. I'm like, I need to get in there and do the grout. And it's just, it's not a fun process, but there's so much beauty and so much, um, it's not just about the outer, it's the interior beauty that occurs that I love so much because it's, it's deep. It really is. So I love, I'm going to use that analogy. I love the scuba diving and, and snorkeling because <laughs> we're an outdoor beach family. So my husband's going to appreciate that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, that's how God talks to me is through images and pictures. And often I will be in counseling and I will say something and they'll, say, oh, that's really good. And I'm inside, you know, if they're not a Christian, I'm like, no, that's God. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. That's so good. Interesting. So you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily a Christian counselor. No, I'm wow. not. Um, I am more so now than I was a few years ago. I was in a community mental health agency. Now I'm in private practice. And okay. interesting enough, I was moving to telehealth and now everybody's in telehealth. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. It's so good. 
half of my clients are Christians. Okay. And half of them aren't. Okay. Um, but God uses me. I know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to them. So good. And there have been a lot of people that have turned their back on God that through our conversations of finding resources and help that they I kind of nudged him back to church and back to God. And so, so that's good. been really beautiful that's to watch. That's so good. I was having a conversation um, with a girlfriend the other day because she said she often doesn't have like the words in order to script how she's feeling or things that are going on. And I told her like the same thing that you said, and I actually haven't met many people who have that response or that relational experience with God that like when he's talking to me, we, we communicate in vision and we communicate in pictures and um, it, that creativity space probably is why that is the way that it is um, in our nature. But they were really amazed by that. And they were like, well, I've never heard like God talk to me. I'm like, well, it's not like this audible, all knowing, oh, I am God. Like, it's not like that, though. I think people do hear that way as well. I believe, and I don't know if you remember it specifically, but I think there's like five ways that you can communicate with the Lord. It's a book. I need to find what the reference is. Do you know what it is offhand? You know, there there was a book, actually another book. I don't know if it's the same one. It's a book that I read that was, oh, I can't remember his name. And half of my stuff is packed and half of it is un. That's understandable. <laughs> of course, I'm looking over there to where all my books are. Um, but even like through movies, there's different ways that God can talk to us. So there is audible. I would say probably through your senses, maybe what that book was about. Okay, I think that's what it is. Yeah, your five senses. That's right, because touch, because, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it is. Because I was like, I remember there being five. I just don't remember what they are. And that's probably exactly it, which is the same yeah. way as we learn. So he's just communicating as we learn. It's really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful to just, like, learn more about you. I love that your ministry really started before you probably even understood what you were doing because even as you you know put your girlfriend on the inside of that road you were already a caretaker you were already offering somebody healing because of the pain that you had walked through it was like god was setting you up during that season to say i'm still present with you and though you might feel this way i you are still mine and you are still worthy so I'm, I'm just grateful for the stories that we've been able to bring to life during this time. Um, and I love seeing when people have the book in their hands, like the joy that's coming to them. Um, so I love and love that you're already in the process of writing your next one because I know it'll be an incredible resource. I want people to be able to communicate with you, to touch base with you. Do you want to tell more about your online you know, ministry and how we can get into the fold of that? Absolutely. I am at, I'm on Instagram at author Kristen Klaus. I am on Facebook at Kristen Klaus. I'm trying to think of what it is on Facebook. Um, I'm looking it up real quick. No worries. And of course it's not at Kristen Klaus author and speaker. Okay. And, um, I have a, my website, uh, kristenklaus.com. Be sure they spell it I-N, you know, the world of your name continually being spelled wrong. That's so true. I have it right here on the screen so everybody can see it. They can't get it wrong. And um, at my website, you can find my book as well. And that book, 
I have done that book in groups at churches and as a counselor and at, at churches as a pastor. And I've always had women in that group that have not had sexual abuse, but have had other types of abuse in their life. And we just tell them, change the wording around. And so that is my vision is just to see that as a resource in the church, that churches be a place where women who have been sexually abused can find healing and restoration. Wow, that's so, so that good. definitely something that I would love to see. And um, I would love for everyone to connect with me, friend me on Facebook, like me, find me. Um, I would love to be um, a part of your journeys. Yeah, I love that. We have um, a guest that's on and she's commenting. Um, she said that the one book that she thinks it's from Beth Moore and it's called, I Know There Is a um, Discerning the Voice of God, which is like understanding. Um, and then she also has a question to say, do you ever work with clients who don't have insurance? Or do you have resources to refer them to? I do. I work with clients all the time that don't have insurance. Um, the thing of a licensed counselor is I'm in Kentucky. I'm licensed in Kentucky and I'm licensed in Washington. Um, counselors are a little bit different because they have to be licensed in that state that that individual lives in versus a life coach, which I've thought about going and just getting that credentialing as well, which would give me a little bit more freedom. Um, as a pastor, um, I have seen people as a pastor, so that's a little bit different. Right. Um, so I see people as a pastor um, and do pastoral counseling as well. Awesome. And that's all accessible under your website, right? Yep, they can okay. contact me awesome. through my website. Awesome. Yeah, it's always interesting to me, and I have a lot of women who walk through this from a entrepreneurial perspective of, I know God's calling me into this, and it's a passion of mine. It's also was a pain point that now has you know I have great healing in, and yet I don't know that it's the right thing to set as a business versus a ministry. And am I supposed to just be doing it all for free? And so I'd love to hear your heart in that. Um, I have my own perspectives, but I'd love for you to share. Well, you know, I think my goal and my vision and, and the direction, the way I felt God leading me was I didn't have the tools to help the people that I wanted to help. So I was always as a dance instructor and um, the director of the School of Fine Arts that we had, I always worked with teenage girls. And a lot of them would come to me with their stories, but I didn't have the tools to help them. And so that was why I went to be, become a counselor and then later did um, become a pastor. I really um, work on, I do need to provide and pay my bills and do those things, but I am not going to be bound up by just that. And I believe there's ministry as well. So I feel like my life merges a lot. The Restore Movement, we do conferences and different things. I never get paid. Um, I'm the one that organizes it, oversees it. I never get paid. I make sure everybody else <laughs> That's gets usually paid. the way that it works. <laughs> I, I want the ministry to grow. I, I don't, God will provide for me and he always does. He blesses me. Somebody else will ask me to come and speak and I'll do those, those events. Um, so I really try to find that fine line that not everything is about that I have to be paid and that, um, and if God puts it on, I feel like there are times there are people that are on my heart I have a conversation with them and I just know I'm supposed to work with them and finance financial financially. They can't afford it. I don't let that stop it. Yeah. I just say, you know what? That's okay. That's good. Um, so I may 
work with them in a different way than I work with somebody counseling, um, but I'm still working with them. I'm still connected with them because I truly want to see everyone healed. Yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. And I think that's like where people are drawn to Jesus is like, it doesn't cost money to be in relationship with the Lord. And when a servant such as ourselves, a daughter knows him, just like you said from the very beginning, so it's a perfect circle, is you want everyone to know him. When you see the light in the way that we have, you want everyone to know that light. And so this is like our our mission, and it's our heart to say, here, like, have it, have it, have all of what I know, because I'm still learning, you're still learning, and we're all still becoming together. We're not, even if you have the title of a pastor, even if you have the title of an author, that doesn't mean that we're any different than anybody else. It's just a matter of, we want to shed light on the areas of brokenness and the areas of dark. And um, I'm, I'm grateful to have sisters along the way that uh, can not only be mentors to me, but also shed light in, uh, in the lives that I won't be in touch with. So I'm grateful for, for your ministry. I think it's so powerful. Thank you. And, and I really want to see everybody walk in the fullness of who God created them to be. So if you have experienced abuse, if you have experienced difficulty in your life, let that not stop you. Pursue Jesus, pursue the help that you need to find the healing so that you can walk in the fullness of who God created you to be. I always say I'm not satisfied being a pinky, just the pinky of the wholeness of <laughs> That's who God That's so good. I want to be in the fullness. So yeah. God, I, I give you permission to come in and do the work in me so that I can be healed, so that I can move forward and be who you created me to be. And it's not a victim. It's a mighty woman. It's a woman of valor. It's a woman of strength and dignity and and power and anointing and authority in the name of Jesus. That's who he's created us to be, for us to go and do the things and to bring people to Jesus and share the love of Jesus with our family, our friends, and our neighbors. Amen. That's a mic drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> finish strong on that yes <laughs> i'm actually going to do an outro of the video trailer from our book and you are such a gift i'm so grateful to have this time with you get to know you more it's so much better when i have your face and your words and your heart versus just your page but your pages were incredible too so thank you so much for sharing that story um you guys i hope you connect with Kristen again k-r-i-s-t-i-n klaus and I'll provide all the links for you to do so uh, after the show. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, 
So I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.